Hi everyone, this is Aaron, and you are listening to Walnut Commentary, the official podcast for the pastors and leaders of FCBC Walnut. I spoke with Pastor Hanley Liu, the English pastor of FCBC Walnut, and in this episode we talk about what's happening at our church, how Hanley's preaching has recently changed, and his plans for Sola Conference 2020. We also answer this listener question. How do I discern if I should try a relationship that my gut is telling me to do in a godly manner? Thanks for listening. Hanley, it's been quite some time since we last recorded a podcast. I don't think I, I mean, I spoke with you, but I don't think we recorded since maybe the fall. What's been going on with you? Yeah, it's been pretty busy here at, at FCBC Walnuts. There's been, there's been a lot of good stuff going on. And there, there have been a, a string of special types of counseling cases, and it's always good, even if we're even if we're dealing with discipline, or we're counseling specific issues, and so that's taken some time. Uh, there's been a string of late 2019 weddings that that I myself and other pastors have uh, officiated, and that includes the premarital counseling leading up to these weddings. So that takes time. Uh, and of course, preaching takes takes time. The other thing going on is just getting used to leading the new team. I, I, I think it's been sweet. It's been good. We've been learning more over the past year about our, our different leadership styles, our spiritual gifts, and how to understand each other, how to relate to each other, how to encourage each other. And, and it is really a, a, a blessing to grow together with this team. How was your Christmas? Did you go anywhere on vacation? I did not go anywhere. So our family stayed in town. We spent time with other family members. I had to preach the week before uh, Christmas and the week after Christmas. And so well, when I say I had to preach, I mean, I, I make my own <laughs> preaching schedule on yeah. most of the time in, yeah. in English service. So I scheduled myself to preach the week before and the week after Christmas. I got a break on the actual weekend uh, wherever we preached the Christmas sermon. You know, Pastor Albert preached on on that week, and so I stayed in town and worked around Christmas. I worked Christmas Eve, worked New Year's Eve, and it felt great. <laughs> Hanley, are you a workaholic? I, I don't think I'm a workaholic. I I, I, I do think that <laughs> given uh, given the number of pastors that we have, given my life stage, you know, being in that stage where you have a toddler at home and being in a, in a congregation where when, when you're not talking about youth and children, when you're just talking about English adults, you, you're looking at two pastors to, what is it? How many adults we have? What, 450 adults or something Sounds like that? Right, yeah. 400 adults. I, I, I just don't think there's enough of us to go around. And, and I think that keeps us busy. I mean, it's not a, it, you know, it, it's, it's not something I'm upset about. I, I, I think that's the nature of, of, of a church. We have a pretty large staff that's spread out across three language congregations and various age groups. We have interns, uh, but we just don't have enough. We just don't have enough uh, pastors. And I, I don't think in this episode, I want to get into uh, why I wish and pray if somehow we can establish one day lay pastors. Sure. Uh, but you know, that's not happening anytime soon. Um, mm. you know? <laughs> just putting it out there. No, just putting I, it out there. Just putting it out there for, <laughs> for, for, for the listeners that that's something you can be praying for. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, our situation at FCBC Walnut is, is uh, unique, as is every church, right? Um, right. 
but you know, I do appreciate you making the time for this podcast and, um, yeah, Hanley, make sure you don't burn out, man, because if you burn out, then, uh, we're going to be in, we're going to be in some trouble, but, uh, (laughs) thanks. Thanks for doing this. Um, I, I don't know, man, it seems as if your hard work is paying off. I, for one, noticed an increase in the quality of your sermons. And I'm not just saying that to make you feel good, man. <laughs> like I think I think your sermons have been getting better. Actually, I recently uh, noticed maybe like a trilogy of sermons. I I, mm. I, 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 um, I I shared them with with our church in the newsletter, but there were like three sermons. We're going through a sermon on the Mount series right now. And there were three sermons. I call them the hard sayings trilogy. And yeah, I, I thought they were uh, pretty exemplary, man. Uh, did you get a chance to see which ones I selected? I did. I, I, I appreciate I appreciate your feedback. You know, I I asked for feedback. We have uh, feedback each week in our pastoral staff meeting, but everyone's generally pretty gracious. Uh, people in our church especially have been tremendously gracious to me over the years and giving me encouragement over my sermons, uh, there's there's only a handful of people that will really tell me, you know, where I can improve it. And and often when people give me advice, it, it's usually along the lines of something like, you know, you can you can tell more stories or you can give more application or, and, and that's usually coming from from people who are let me just say not as spiritually mature, right? Okay, sure. So they're going to ask for more entertaining things. Yeah. Um, there, there's rarely someone that's going to say, hey, you know, if you can go deeper on that theological point, if you can exposit the Greek or the Hebrew here, you're, you're not going to really get that type of feedback. <laughs> uh, but, but, but I do know that, that over, you know, preaching in the same place for 16 years, mm. right? I mean, even if I wasn't preaching the English adult, a lot of the youth that I preached to when I started here are now in the same congregation. They hear the same sermons, the same type of teachings, the same examples, the same testimonies coming from me. So I think the challenge uh, over the years was was trying to. The, I got some feedback from people saying, "Hey, you know, maybe be a little more conversational because I tend to be the the screaming, passionate guy." And they say maybe be a little more. Uh, conversational because we have uh, good audio systems nowadays. And so you don't need to scream, just conversational. Uh, and so I try to learn how to be, uh, take an expository, expository approach to the text with a conversational tone. Uh, and, and I just don't think that that's where the Lord is leading me personally <laughs> to, to, to lead our church in right yeah, now in this yeah. season. I'm not saying that that's a wrong approach. I, I just think there are certain issues in our church that, and, and then there's a certain state in our church where where they need a more serious tone. And and I want to give you credit as well is that, you know, I asked you for feedback probably a month ago, and, and I think you gave me some feedback that challenged me uh, to, uh, and, and I appreciate the way that you went about it too, because you said, hey, I know that you can preach at a high academic level or that you can preach uh, in, in a in a deeper way. You've done it in the past. And, um, you know, these are the sermons that are strong. But 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 this is what makes your you know, you gave me the feedback that this is what made your makes your sermon not stick as much. And I, I, I took that to heart and I I went to the drawing board and, um, and you know that I watch my sermons each week for personal critique because no one's going to you know, be able to critique me more than myself, you know, because I'm willing to hammer myself each week and, and I can see exactly where, where I wish I could, you know, do, do better. So, so definitely I, I think I'm intentionally taking a, a more serious tone. 
I appreciate the seriousness, man. And um, I, <laughs> I guess we'll tell the listeners this. Uh, I, I did specifically mention that you do, or you used to, I guess, do a lot of uh, sports illustrations or just sports comments. <laughs> like, how did you feel about that when I told you, man? Did you take that personally? Like, I noticed that you haven't mentioned sports at all. And this has been the Lakers' best season in quite some time, man. So, like, is, is it hard for you to pull back? Like, what, how do you feel? No, I, I didn't take it personally because I intentionally, you know, talk about sports. Mm-hmm. When, you, when you said that to me, I, I took it to heart in the sense of, okay, that's easy for me to change. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, well, there's a couple of reasons why I talk about sports. I talk about sports because I, I enjoy sports. Uh, in particular, I enjoy football, basketball, baseball, but I enjoy sports. Yeah. Secondly, you know, I, I, I think that there's a lot of men uh, who sit there in the congregation and men, um, you know, this is a direct saying to you. So if you take this personally, good, maybe it'll fire you up. But, but women tend to be more into church than their husbands. Women tend to be the ones who are taking notes and serious and, you know, zoned in. And of course there are men who are serious. Okay. Uh, the interns and no, I'm just kidding. There, there, there are, there are obviously men who are very serious, but, but usually if you ask a man, what did the pastor preach on? They may or may not remember. Okay. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm using blanket statements, but typically uh, men will remember my sports illustration, my sports reference. So usually when I see men kind of either looking at their phone or, or dozing off, or I know they're checking fantasy sports. If I simply just drop a one-liner like a LeBron James or, or you know, make fun of uh, someone or, or say something about the Astros cheated or something like that, yeah. you know, it, it'll grab their attention right away. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was intentional. But what I realized was that it was after you talk to me, it's backfiring, yeah. right? <laughs> because when you think about it, you know, I'm pretty passionate most Sundays, probably every Sunday I'm pretty passionate. I mean, I pretty much lay my heart out. I put a lot of time into the sermons, even, even the ones that don't come out as well. Um, and the first thing that most men will say to me was, Hey, did you, did you see that game after the sermon? They'll come up to me and, and say, Hey man, did you see that game? Or, or, or let's talk about the Lakers. Let's talk about, you know, the Clippers. Let's talk about Kawhi and, and the great challenge that they pose to the Lakers and so forth. Yeah. And, and I'm just like, man, that's, that's the spirit of, of the congregation after mm-hmm. they hear the sermon. I much rather someone come up and give me a critique. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm much rather someone come up and say, hey, you know what, when you explain that, what do you mean by this? Because that wasn't as clear. Or, or can you explain this point more? And, and, and to the credit, there are men who come up to me. In fact, this past Sunday, there was a young man who came up and asked for clarity on a point. And I appreciate that because I know, they're, I know these individuals are listening, even if it's constructive criticism. I know that they're listening. Now, this wasn't, you know, the, the young man that came up didn't come with constructive criticism. But I'm saying, you know, even if someone were to come up to me, then I know that the word of God has stuck. And I, and I know that it's not man's job to drive the word into uh, you know, someone's soul. That's right. Uh, but 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 I I do feel like, you know, and and I'm honest about this. I I, I think in the past two years um, we've dealt with issues of, of of a lack of holiness in our church. We've personally dealt uh, as pastors with uh, members and attenders. Yeah. With with various sin issues, and I I praise be to God that our church practices different levels of, of discipline. Right. Right. right yeah. But we, we've had to deal with it and, and you know, it's good. 
right? So, so I know that holiness is not something our church is passionate about. In fact, in our church, I would say we have a lot of people who know a lot about the Bible. They know a lot about biblical orthodoxy, but there's not the same passion for biblical orthopraxy. And I wonder if that's because as their primary preaching pastor, if, if, if I'm more passionate about, or if I'm giving off the wrong impression that I'm more passionate about LeBron James or, or, or football or basketball or baseball or the Dodgers, you know, and those are good things to be passionate about, but I don't want to send the wrong message. So, so for the last, I don't know, five messages, there have been zero sports references and um, and if the men leave the church because of that, you know, I I, I think that's 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 telling of itself. It doesn't matter. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, at that point, you don't want those types of disciple makers anyway, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and and or they're not making disciples anyway, right? If they leave the church because the pastor doesn't mention sports anymore, so I don't think we're going to lose people over that. Right. Um, right. But but I do think that our church our church after service it's so busy. You know, people are focused on getting food, people are focused on sports, and people are focused on going to meetings. And it's almost like there's there's not this heaviness. Yeah. You know, it's shallow. And some people, they don't like the heaviness, right? And there's a lot of churches you can go to where where you'll get a real good conversational sermon and it's not as heavy and that's fine, you know? But but I feel like because of the of of of, of the battle with with for holiness that, that God has called us to in this season for specifically the English congregation, I think that that the preachers need to be warriors. And, and so, and so one of, one of the things that I've done is I've, I, I've been fighting harder for my own personal holiness without in a gospel center way, right. Without being legalistic about it. So I try, um, I, I mean, I still follow sports, but I'm not reading it as much, you know, I'm reading, I'm not following it as heavily. I'm not as, you know, I hear things. It's still, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm upset about the Astros. Yeah, I'm upset yeah. about baseball cheating. Yeah, I'm upset about the Red Sox. Yeah, you know, but I can tell you now on this podcast, I don't need to say that. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know, on on the pulpit. Yes, I think Alex Cora should go to jail. You know, I mean, I I have emotions when it comes to sports, right? But 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 we need to send the right message. So if anybody's wondering. You know why? Why are we being more serious? Because I I think we have a serious issue with sin in our church, mm, mm. and um, that's not going to hold us back. I think from achieving the vision of being a Christ-centered church, uh, but the weapon that God has given us is not man per se or any type of legalistic system, but the pure Word of God. And so, so uh, uh, hopefully, I'm transitioning from an expository approach with a conversational tone back to an expository approach with a direct prophetic tone. Yeah. Yeah, man. I Okay. So you hit a, a couple points there. Um, but I, I do want to say from the, from the worship leading side, or at least from the music side. Yeah. I appreciate the seriousness across the board. I think that for me personally, as a, as a music leader, I, I do try to I guess, communicate that weightiness that you're talking about, that serious tone um, in the songs and in the way we're singing. Now, music, you know, it's a joyful thing, but, you know, we we can also sing songs of lament, you know, and there, there are people that are hurting too. So it's not just, you know, a fake happiness um, or a contrived, you know, feeling. But I think uh, if we're really singing to sovereign God, creator of the universe, um, then yeah, he deserves that that weightiness, that respect, and obviously in support of the word of God and the preaching, I, I, I consider that my part to play in uh, as a worship leader. No, I, I appreciate your your worship. You know, um, 
Uh, all of our worship leaders are great. Our worship leaders have different convictions when it comes to theology in the songs. And I, I definitely think that when it comes to me and you, I, I, I think we, we see eye to eye in a lot of the, the theology. So I, I appreciate the, the lyrics that you choose for your songs. Again, I, I appreciate all of our worship leaders. I think they all do a phenomenal job musically. Theologically, I, I, I think that your, your songs match, I think, the, the tone that we want to set and the, the, the theological perspective that we want to communicate because songs train the heart, songs train the soul, songs teach theology, songs teach people how to think and feel about God, especially because songs go right into the heart. And most people will not remember the words from the preacher's sermon, but they will go home and sing the songs repetitively. And so music and hymn singing is a way to get the word of God into people's hearts or theological truth and thoughts and catechism for our children. So yeah, man, appreciate you. Appreciate Ray, our, our worship officer. Appreciate all of our worship leaders. Yeah, no, we, we have a good team, man. Uh, everybody on board. Yeah, I appreciate the kind words, man. And um, I'm, I'm still learning and growing. I mean, you were a crucial part in, in my formative years as a young worship leader. And, and I'm still learning, man. I'm still learning. You know, I think, I think it is a journey. But, you know, we do have to have our standards. And so I'm, I'm happy to run the race together with you, man. Uh, we, we, should, we should move on. We can talk about worship leading and preaching uh, in another episode. But um, we have a question. We have a question. Now, typically in our podcasts for FCBC Walnut, we've been taking on listener questions. This is actually the first time I'm going to cross post this podcast to, uh, to Sola Network because Sola has a, has a podcast now. And so okay. <laughs> this listener question is kind of along the same lines of the listener questions we've done in the past. Since Sola is, is like a young adult type of thing, you know, I think they cater towards a college audience, or at least they try to. It sounds like this question is right up our alley, man, in terms of the ones that we've dealt with before. I'll keep it anonymous. It is from a male, I'll tell you that much. And uh, here it is. It's, how do I discern if I should try a relationship that my gut is telling me to do in a godly manner? That's a, that's a good question, you know, that your, your gut is telling you to do in a godly manner. Yeah, I like the way you phrased that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it depends by what we mean by a godly gut feeling, right? So a gut feeling can be an emotional feeling. So if we're talking about when you have strong feelings for a sister and good reasons maybe to have feelings for her, that you're thinking about her, you're, you're considering it, you've prayed about it, so your heart is already wired in a certain way towards this sister. And if that emotion is defined as the gut feeling, then that's just romantic feeling. Right. And so if that's the gut feeling, then I'm not sure if we can say, okay, well, th that's when you know you ought to pursue her. Right. But I think if you mean by gut feeling that you've talked to people and you've received wise counsel from spiritual mentors, spiritual leaders, other brothers in Christ, maybe your pastor, <laughs> the, the Bible, you know, yeah. obviously you're already trying to approach it in a godly manner. So that's something to commend. Uh, and if you somehow get the hint that this sister at least 
is willing to be your friend and is open. <laughs> yeah. And if that's what you mean by gut feeling, and if God has opened the door, then you ought to pursue it. Uh, you know, my, my, my principles for dating and courtship are, are always clarity over confusion. And clarity over confusion, even if it leads to awkwardness afterwards. What I mean by this is that if you're a male and there's another sister in Christ and you, you have these strong feelings, they're so strong that you don't want that to become idolatry. So you just need to have closure. You've prayed and God hasn't you know, given you some type of miraculous sign. Yeah. And, and so you're kind of like, okay, the only way I'm going to know God's will is if I actually go and ask her. Mm. And so you go and make your intentions very clear make it known that you're interested, you know, don't try to tease the thing, but just, Hey, would you like to have coffee sometime? The reason why I'm asking you to coffee is to get to know you um, because I am interested in you or I have interest in you. Right. Or, or would you like to go on a date if you want to just be straightforward and, and the risk that you're taking is that she says no, or she gives you some half-hearted answer and it becomes awkward. Yeah. Yeah. And your reputation goes on the line and she starts telling her friends this or that, you know, that's where, you know, you've done what's pleasing in the, in the sight of the Lord. You've chosen to be clear. You've treated her as a sister in Christ rather than, you know, some type of confused, <laughs> you know, flirtatious type yeah. of approach that yeah. Yeah. the world would, uh, would, you know, propagate. Yeah. And you've made your intentions known. She says, yes, that's great. She says, no then you're able as a man of God to say, okay, God, you've closed the door. Let's deal with the hurt. Let's deal with the process. Let's move on. You know, so, so, that, so that's why I say it depends what the gut feeling is. You know, I, I don't know the unique situation of this brother that's asking, but I guess from your experience, is it good to pursue these relationships even if we don't have that, you know, that, that clarity that you're talking about in terms of like, Clarity in terms of like, oh, maybe, maybe your friends don't know, or maybe your pastor doesn't know. Like maybe this girl or this, you know, the, the sister is quiet. I, I think that the, the Bible does not give us answers, direct answers for what is right and what is wrong in terms of who you should pursue uh, when, when you're already pursuing someone who has godly character and you want to approach them in a godly manner. But the Bible does give us wisdom. And wisdom provides answers for, for how to make the best decision when it's neither right or wrong or where it's, whether when, when things are unclear. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and so I, I think it goes back to where and how does the Lord provide wisdom for his people? Number one is the word of God. The word of God contains the gospel. The word of God contains contains Christ, who is our perfect wisdom. Uh, our identity is rooted in Christ. You know, you look for a girl with Christ-like character. Hopefully, if she doesn't, if she's not interested, she will be godly about it. So, so all of these things, you know, the Bible is our first source of wisdom, but, but we, but then there's also wise counsel. So uh, again, if wise counsel is not able to, meaning your pastors, your friends, your brothers in Christ, uh, other sisters, your family members, if they're not able to give you an answer, then again, then, then what, what's left? So what else does the Bible say about a man? That men need to be courageous. Mm. Now, I don't see courage as the playboy who um, goes around 
asking every single girl out at church. Obviously, right. that's not what I'm talking about. And of I don't course. think that, that this brother asking this question, I'm going to give this brother a lot of credit and assume benefit of the doubt that this is the godliest man asking this question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know, when I think as a Bible nerd, what do you mean by gut feeling? I think of Christ and his bowels. <laughs> Right, that 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 he said, I am gonna die for this bride. Yeah. And it breaks my heart when I see sin and I'm moved to the guts. If you feel strong that strongly about this girl, that this is the one that God has put before you that you ought to pursue, yeah, then I think the Bible says, one seek wisdom, is it wise? You know, is it the right timing? Is, is is has she just gotten out of a relationship? Mm, um, mm, you know, mm. it, it, does she it, is she hurting in some way? Is she vulnerable? Is she spiritually mature? Um, you know, can can she handle this? Is she in a it, it, what stage of life is she in? You know, and, and if you're looking for a relationship, so forth. So that's that would be wisdom, and then and then after that, it's courage. Yeah, it's courage, yeah. and it's just putting putting our feet down on the ground and saying, okay, well, I prayed about it. And God hasn't taken away these feelings. He's made it strong to the point where I think my gut is telling me that I ought to do this in a godly manner. So I'm going to be clear about my intentions. I'm going to be convictional and I'm going to approach her. And I, and what is at stake is that people respond and look at me wrong and then they see me in a certain way and it's shameful. And you know what? <laughs> that's what that's Jesus had a good feeling. <laughs> And he bore our pain. <laughs> he bore our cross. Thanks for the biblical theology. I appreciate that. Yeah. At the end of the day, man, it goes back to the gospel. <laughs> Always. Always. <laughs> Hanley, do you like taking these relationship questions? I mean, <laughs> do, do you like do you like these uh, Q and A Q and As that we do in the podcast? I don't, I don't mind them. I mean, I would I would prefer um, pure theological questions. Mm, I, mean, mm, I mean, for mm. those of you who are listening, yeah. Who are not from FCBC, uh, you will probably know that outside of sports, I am I, I am not that application guy. You know, I'm not really good at like. You're I don't not bad, watch, man. I don't, I don't like to watch movies. I don't like to watch TV except for sports. Um, I like to read nonfiction only. Yeah, yeah. Not fiction. Uh, I have no creativity. Uh, instead of watching a movie unfold, I rather go and read the spoiler or the summary, and I can read four or five movies in the time where you watch a plot unfold slowly. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Um, I think I'm. I, I think when it comes to practical life, I'm not very good at it. But but when it comes to theology, that that would be my preference. So if you want to talk about double predestination and. <laughs> versus single predestination infra versus supra lapsarianism then we can go to town you know if you want to talk about if you want to talk about things like that you know the, the trinity and um, hypostatic union but nobody wants to ask those questions so, so, so I, I i think yeah i don't mind i guess this is this is good enough and, and i think ministering to youth for a long season and then now having a hand in in young adults for the last three years yeah these are the types of questions that i answer well, anyway <laughs> well man i do appreciate you always um answering from a theological perspective as we should anybody listening to this keep asking hanley your questions about dating and relationships i i think it's great i think it's fun um but he'll also tackle preaching and theological questions yeah just just bring anything our way we'll see what we can do <laughs> hanley um the sola conference 
2020 is coming up soon, but you might or might not be doing a panel there, right? I, I saw. Uh, correct. So as as one of the as one of the council members, um, we we are typically asked to either offer a seminar or be on a panel, and I was uh, asked to do a, a seminar on on intergenerational. Uh, reconciliation or intergenerational relationships, something along those lines, which is something that I would love to do. Um, but my wife and I are expecting um, our second child uh, right around that time. So very early April. Yeah. You know, she has this hunch and I don't know if it's, if it's true, if it's, if it's <laughs> going to be accurate or not, but she has yeah. this hunch that the baby's going to come early. Okay. And, okay. You know, rule of thumb is you always want to support your, your pregnant wife. Right. So she thinks Good it's going to come early. Yeah. Um, I, I better not be preaching in, you know, Texas or something. Right, right, so, right. right. Um, and and our first, our daughter Haley, you know, she came early. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, and and so what I told one, what, what I told the conference team member that contacted me was like, well, you know, I, I would like to do it, but I'm not sure if you want to schedule me and then have me, you know, not be able to show up. Meaning, wife goes into labor and you got to announce. Okay, by the way, if you sign up for this seminar you know, Hanley can't be here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in, in that way, it might be wiser to put me on a panel with three people. Uh, and if I'm not there, you still have a panel. Um, so, so I'm still waiting for them to get back to me for the solo conference team to get back to me on that. Uh, but this year is just, I wish I could do it. Uh, but that's the reason why I'm, I, I may not be doing a seminar, but my intention is to be at the conference oh, good. And to have my phone on me. And if my wife calls me, then I got to go. Uh, <laughs> But, but yeah, so so we're expecting early April. Yeah, man. Early, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, congrats, of course. Actually, you and me are in the same boat. Um, yeah, we, yeah. You're, you're you're ahead of me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, if if uh, if your baby comes early, then maybe we'll be around the same. But um, yeah, man. I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna go. I'm planning to go. But um, yeah. If the baby comes, then obviously we're gonna we're gonna have some issues there. Um, <laughs> But yeah, Hanley, it's 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 been good and, and it's kind of fun to to you know do ministry together, but also just do life together, man. It looks like our life is gonna change drastically within the next couple months. We'll see if we can even squeeze in another podcast, but um we'll we'll see what we can do, man. Thanks for making the time for this one. Dude, of course. It's always a joy. Thanks, Pastor Hanley, and thank you everyone for listening to our podcasts here at FCBC Walnut. Don't forget to subscribe to Walnut Weekly, our social media email newsletter. We deliver fresh resources for free and provide peeks behind the scenes from the social media ministry of FCBC Walnut. Subscribe today to stay up to date so you never miss out. Find the link in the show notes, but you can also find the link under the resources menu on our website at fcbcwalnut.org. Please send us your questions and comments by emailing us at socialmedia at fcbcwalnut.org. We want this podcast to be useful and beneficial, but also fun and interactive for our listeners. So if you see us around in person, please let us know that you listen and feel free to give us critique, comments, or questions. For more episodes, you can visit our archive at walnutcommentary.tumblr.com and you can subscribe to our official podcast feed on YouTube, Spotify, or your favorite podcast player. Just search for FCBC Walnut. You will receive our latest sermons, podcasts, and more. For more info about our church, visit us online at fcbcwalnut.org. Thanks. See you soon.